0: Okay, good evening Um, so tonight what we're gonna do is going to record this Wednesday night we don't normally do this but we are starting a live class for our Ukrainian church and that'll be on Thursdays but tonight we're doing the first video for the Ukrainians. So everybody say hi to the Ukrainians. Just say hi to the Ukrainians. Hey, Ukrainians! We love you. Howdy. So we have about 475 people in this room, minus 470. No, I'm really kidding. Let's turn in our Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And I want to just talk about warfare and I know that we just did a series on warfare maybe a few months ago but I just want to hit a few points before um, we continue let's read let's start in verse 3 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and Paul here is defending his ministry not that he had to defend it but he's discussing with us the readers he's letting us in on what's happening in his ministry he is the church planner. Yet the church that he has planted has now a conflict with him. And this is a very dysfunctional church. We know historically that there was a lot of issues there. Um, Very gifted church. Yet the church here in chapter 10 is insinuating that Paul is conducting himself after the, the flesh, meaning that he is boasting and that he's conducting himself in a fleshly way, talking about his qualifications as a Pharisee, etc., etc. But Paul here gets into verse 3, and and he's saying in in verse 2, he's saying, in essence, uh, the insinuation from the Corinthian church is that I'm conducting myself in the flesh, and I think it's sometimes... That could happen. And that's that's a whole other topic, and we're going to hit that this Sunday, uh, not knowing one another after the flesh. And that is, we're going to take that verse apart, and I promise you that you have not heard this verse that way. And that's not because I'm an amazing Bible study person, but we have the resources of God, the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, and the riches of the one who wrote the Word of God. Amen? Yeah. So we're going to talk about that what is the flesh knowing someone after their flesh or the flesh and but let's look at verse 3 though so we walk in the flesh and Paul is saying we're walking in the flesh though we conduct our life we are fleshly people we have a humanity we are not waging war according to the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh deriving its deriving its punishments and its injuries and its and its infliction of of wounding not from the resources of the old programming but have divine power to destroy strongholds for we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of god and take every thought captive to obey christ so let's think about those verses for a few minutes and i want us to look at these verses and just ask the Lord to um, really speak to us through these verses. So, Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this class, for our brothers and sisters in Ukraine and beyond. We ask you that you would take these words and really just speak to them, encourage them and us as we gather here on our Wednesday night and discuss this. In Jesus' name, amen. And at the end of this, we'll shut the camera off and we'll have a wrap and discuss this. Paul here is admitting that he was only human, but he denied that he was working according to flesh, as carnal Christians and unbelievers do. Um, let's look at these. Let's look at these verses here together. For though we walk in the flesh, we know here that Galatians two verse twenty is talking about the fact that though I am crucified with Christ, not yet not I, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth. In me through me about me in a total uh, in a total governance where Christ is living through me and Paul is saying here the way we walk in the flesh and you know there's something very human we're gonna to get to warfare in a second but there's something very human about a church that teaches the grace message okay there's a there's a large risk um, in the in, in the fact that you know you would think like everybody would flock to a church like this like grace what a great message you know like come on it just we're gonna talk about the grace of god and the riches that are free in christ and and you think that people would be beating down the doors about that but really you have to look i mean for us who enjoy grace and just understand our desperate need for it there are people out there that are living a good fair a good fair show in the flesh meaning that there is no understanding of what the cross is in their And it is possible to uh, have a profession saying, "I'm, I'm a Christian, but really be either unaware, uneducated, or just not under, or believing the lie of the flesh. And so Paul is saying, we're not living like that. We live in the flesh. And he's talking to Greeks here that are being inundated by a Gnostic way of thinking. And this Gnostic way of thinking is, is that all flesh, all material, the whole material world is evil. And that's seeping into American churches today, isn't it? Very that that, that um, anything material is evil. If you have a nice car, that's evil. You know, you can't have a nice car. Or you can't have a nice house. Or you can't be blessed in your life because that's evil. Well, if we're going to talk like that, then what is not evil? Well, a poor car. Well, what's the difference? They're made of the same thing. And what is a poor car? What is a... What is... Um, what is that? That, that's a whole... System of metrics that we can't even measure unless we're going to live in comparative righteousness, and we're going to live in, in talking about a righteousness that's not even from God. So Paul says we walk in the flesh, and he's talking about we, he's talking about them and us, at uh, them, and he's saying you and us. He's with a team here. We are we are not waging war according to the flesh. Now this is important because Paul is talking about warfare, and. Whenever we are dealing with warfare, we have to remember, let's just hit a few basics here, okay? Lucifer, who was a guard, who was a guardian angel, a covering angel, a cherub uh, of such high rank that he was most likely, ha- he had authority over a third of the in- angels. That's very possible. We don't know that, but he know, we know that he deceived a third of the angels. And so maybe that was his authority. And, and that, by side note, have a walk with God, because... If your pastor or your teacher uh, decides to uh, crash and burn, or careen off the side of the road, or just do something wacky, uh, just because he has a gift doesn't mean he's a spiritual person. Okay, does that make does that make sense? So I'm saying you need to walk with God, because because that can happen, and I've seen it happen. And so Lucifer here is deceived by his own arrogant by his own beauty, and he's deceived by his own arrogance, and so. He gets self-aware, and, he, and that we know the whole process of deception, self-deception begins with, with what we're going to m- mention here later in these verses. And so he leads this conspiracy against God. Uh, he is jealous of the body of Christ. By the way, he sees Zion, uh, the um, body of Christ on this mountain called Zion, and he sees how beautiful it. Is, and he sees how it's a group of grace people. And it's body of Christ is the it's the bride of Christ. Uh, sinners like you know sinners that have been saved by the grace of God and have been brought to this place and and satan uh, lucifer sees the amazing wonder of this and he's like amazed he's like this is incredible and he says I want to be I want to be recognized I want and he sees that in the body of Zion the body of Christ he is not the star although in heaven he's beautiful and he's he he is he is a guardian angel covering angel had a lot of inside information about the plan of God, possibly. Yet he sees that he's not. He, see, he looks at this body of people, and he sees it's not about him. And he gets jealous. So anyway, and he discovers grace. He sees the grace of God that's been bestowed to these, uh, to these people. And he's jealous. And so he begins to wage war, and Adam and Eve are created Satan goes the the serpent comes after Eve in the garden deceives her and we know what follows we know what follows and so there's a warfare warfare is not against you and I the warfare is against Jesus Christ is against Jesus Christ uh, the grace of God and the God the Godship headship of God the Father and so this is a warfare against the Trinity and we just happen to be in the middle of it. We happen to be in it. And so when we are experiencing warfare, remember this, that it's not about you. It's not about, we were talking with someone about this earlier, just before the meeting. It's not about me that I've done something wrong or that I'm doing something right. And because this is what happens, Job, when he was attacked, uh, and by the permission of God to, uh, he, he was attacked in this warfare. Uh, the first thing that Job wanted to do was get subjective about it. Like, this is about me. Like, what did I do? And then he was on one, he's on both sides of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I, I, I'm a righteous man. And I've, and, and, then, and then his friends who didn't have the wisdom of God are saying, No, you've sinned against God. And there's a whole other message about that. There's three or four gospels that are in the book of Job that are not the gospel of grace. And I remember teaching that in Krakow um, about uh, the, the, the gospels that Job's friends preached to him, which was just fascinating but so we see here that the first thing we have to remember is that when there's warfare when we're caught in the middle of the crossfire we have to remember that it's not about me it's not about you it's not and 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 though we are impacted and it's very painful what happens uh, maybe i'm even victimized maybe i'm abused maybe i'm the abuser Uh, maybe there is maybe there's something that happens in my life that shouldn't happen to me maybe i was wrong I was wrong, but yet we are not waging war according to the flesh. And so what is the flesh? Remember, this is the old way of thinking. When Adam was when Adam was crucified, the old man when cru- was crucified two thousand years ago, uh he was he was crucified, he was buried, and he is dead. And he has been uh he is we are disassociated with that old man. Yet there is the residue Of this old patterns it's like the old operating system of an old laptop or old computer if you were to take an old computer that you had in your office or in your house and fire it up and turn it on and plug it into the internet guess what's going to happen to that internet I mean to that that laptop it's going to be infected with every type of malware with every type of security break that can happen and so the old operating system of the old man has no defense and has no understanding, has no way to cope with the modern, with what's happening today. Just like you you turn on an old laptop and you're running it on the internet and you're browsing, there's malware out there that will identify what your software you're using. that will understand how old it is. It knows its weaknesses and it will actually target those weaknesses. It'll hijack your computer so that your computer is now, Part of this, it's like a bot or or a part of this major network that later on will be turning into um, I forgot the term, but it's uh, it's when all these computers, uh, all of the all of the net have been hijacked and they are being used for uh, an attack on one particular system, which could be merchant or government or I don't remember what's what's the term of that. What's it's a dark web, dark web. But there's a denial and the result is a denial of service, a DOS, DOS attack or brute force attack, whatever. The point I'm making is, is that that could happen to the flesh. The flesh can get hijacked by a very malleant um, male, male, valence, or what's the word? Malevolence. Malevolence. (laughs) Malevolence. Male. Okay. It's the males. Okay. Heard on the news the other day, it's all the men's fault, right? Uh, So, but I remember. I have to remember. A pastor was talking one time about different kinds of demons, and he was talking about male demons. Remember that? Do you guys remember that? And it was kind of this thing he was on for a while. He was teaching about male demons and just different types of demons. And, and he was doing. He was doing. The, he was teaching on on Grace Hour, and this is a live broadcast over the short way. Over this is back in the day in the '90s when we had that. And so, caller comes in, calls in, and he calls in, and he goes. And it was somebody we knew, but we didn't know. But he was, was. but it was, He just said, yeah, um, I'm really thinking about what you're saying about the mail demons, because I'm missing my mail. I've ordered things, and my mail has not come in. And, and I've been out to my mailbox, and I've been waiting weeks for stuff. And they said that they mailed it to me, and I can't. I, and he's going on for like 15 minutes, and I don't know where And I think it's one of these male demons. And so he's going on and on, and the pastor is like, well, who is this? And finds out it was uh, one of our foreign students that had called in to... Play a joke on this terminology demons uh, demons and here's the point is that the fle- Yeah, Eduardo did that the flesh the flesh which is the old programming which is the old system it's the old synapses the old connections the old firing it's the old ruts that um, we have been rescued from that we have been delivered from by what the mind of Christ we are a carnality and and Spanish is such a great language because they got they got the word right the Right? So it's so the flesh here is we don't wage warfare by the old ways. What's what are some examples of waging war according to the flesh? Anybody? Just shout it out. Education. Like, yeah, suppose and don't feel condemned in this room because I'm not I'm just saying that when something happens to us, we just want to pull out all the pull out the old all the old ways to deal with things well, well that person can't say that to me I've got a you know I got to step up to that person and deal with that and I got to defend myself because I have rights and I don't deserve this and and then and then there's this old thinking that start, that starts up we don't wage warfare according to the flesh now why why is this important because because when we are under pressure and when we are ex- experiencing uh, atmospheric spiritual pressure and uh, barometer like like weather weather pressure and we're experiencing other people's um, psychic pressure that they are projecting at us and just these all these weirdness and then our own pressure of fear and whatever um, that we can that we seem to perceive is true but it's not it's easy for us to resort to what we know the easiest and that is the old way of thinking and if we resort to that it's riddled with holes. It has no idea how to, how, how to handle itself in a warfare situation, in a fluid situation. And it's going to get hijacked by something that is demonic. And many examples of this. Remember David and Goliath? Saul, picture of just an unregenerated mind in authority, though gifted and allowed by God to be in that position, has no understanding of the way God thinks. Gives David his armor fight Goliath. Now what's Saul's armor going to do for David when no one dares to stand up to Goliath? Like it's it's already not working. And so this is what churches do today. This is what Christian organizations do. This is what families do. This is what people do. They think that if we just muster up, if if we throw money at it, if we just have more programs, uh, if we just have more of a, um, a dazzling show or or whatever that this is going to be in some way if we scream more for three or four hours this is going to in some way uh, impact the the um, the enemy that is coming against us and so that is not we don't do that very simply that's not the way to go about it and so for the weapons of our warfare are not not of the flesh and the word and the 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 the, the Greek here is, is that it's not of the flesh it's not resourced in the flesh Paul saying though we walk in the flesh and there's gonna be times when we make decisions and we are being led by God in our humanity and uh, as a human being but it's not gonna be resourced in the flesh There are gonna be sometimes reactions that we have but it's not gonna be resourced in the flesh I've mentioned this before but I love this example what did Job do when he uh, when he when everything happened to him it says he tore his garment and he cried out to the Lord and he cried out to the Lord, and he did, and he had a lot to say to God. And then in the end, it says, "And he did all of this, and he sinned not." Yes. Isn't that isn't a great verse. How about Jesus, Lord? Uh, did he, say, he said, "Father," he said, "Father, um, if it be your will, remove this cup from me." I mean, that's just humanity speaking, but not not his. He's not. It's not sinful that he's saying that. So I think that um, understanding that we are fleshly creatures and that we do war we do war uh, and we do we are physical people that we are human beings we can do so and not err. Is that great does that make sense because we're being led by being led we're filled with the spirit we're being led by the mind of Christ weapons of our warfare are not of flesh but have divine power to destroy strongholds what are these strongholds I just think that these are strongholds that can develop in a person's mind over the years of things that are just not true and they are so deep in some cases that they're just unconscious subconscious and they're just knee-jerk reactions and when that happens by the way when we are in a situation and somebody just blows up really let's be kind and gracious because like we don't want to apply a behavioral law like hey you can't raise your voice above uh, X amount of decibels or you're not a spiritual person let's not try to measure people's spirituality because um that can't happen and so warfare is is the warfare that we wage or that is waged around us is powerful instead of so pulling down the strongholds and what does that mean well if i'm not functioning if i am denying and remember what we said about self-denial if any man will fall off to me he must deny himself what jesus is saying is he's not saying live in some kind of weird schizophrenia he's just saying deny your the the false self that self that was built and, and that, that we were that people were brainwashed to think that they were deny that and so when this when this happens when we're faced with pressure and all of these issues learn let, let's learn this and, and I'm getting ahead of myself but let me just okay strongholds the way we react to these kind of situations can literally set us free from maybe years and decades or set someone else free from years and decades of just pre-conditioned responses. Okay, does that make sense? Our culture, our family culture, our DNA. I mean, we got you guys have uh, we have DNA that we don't even know that's in us from like ancestors from 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 eons ago. And because we're a new creation and we're new in Christ, uh, we are no longer subject to live under that DNA cuz we have a new DNA. That's a Christ DNA. We destroy arguments in every lofty opinion. I like this word arguments. I agree. The devil wants to pull you into an argument. Remember Jesus in Matthew chapter 4? This is how warfare happens. Jesus is hungry. Jesus on purpose does this because he wants to demonstrate not his own willpower. Yes, that's awesome. But he wants to demonstrate for you and I that he can be very powerful in our life when we have great need. And so he says, he gets, the devil waits. He gets into a conversation or he approaches Jesus in Matthew chapter 4 and begins to discuss with him an argument he begins to argue what's the first thing that de- the devil addresses to Jesus in the conversation what is it do you guys remember what, what was the first his first question you guys know right if you, are. if you are what's that that's an if conditional God doesn't think in conditions God thinks in absolutes Amen. in a finished work absolute Satan is always talking about if and an if and then what's the following you know to Eve, if, okay, and then, so what's the following, what is the next thing that, and this is the argument here that Paul's talking about, is he saying, Satan goes into this conversation with with Jesus, and he says, if you are, and it's always an attack, and if this is the only one thing that you remember in this message, he attacks your identity, (laughs) if you really are born again, if you really are a child of God, if you really are, it has nothing to do with 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 personalities and fleshly individuals i mean flesh and bones and it has nothing to do with with all this weird stuff that people get involved it is this it is it, is, it comes right down to this and i don't want to oversimplify but it's very simple it, it's about our identity if you really are loved by god then why would god allow this to happen if you were really if god really is for you then why hasn't his answer of prayer come through if god is really for you or if you say if you say you are who you are in Christ, then why is God not answering your prayer? Why is he not speaking to you right now? Why has he allowed you to be in this situation when maybe you've prayed for years not to be in this situation? The question is always your identity. Like, who are you? Are you truly a new creation? And then he, and then he says, if you will truly be the son of God, and here, here Satan is addressing relationship. So it's identity and relationship. Are, if you truly are the son of God, and so the first thing the devil wants you and I to question is our identity. And we, you know what, we surrender so often that, that argument by just accepting an old self-image that we have been divorced from, that we've been separated from, that has been set uh, apart from us as far as the East is from the West, and it is no longer lawful for me to even live in that and to think about that and to remember that. Because I'm stealing something that has been removed from my possession. Does that make sense that's, that's the Old Testament uh, principle of forgiveness. I'm speaking so fast I hope the translator can keep up keep up. When I begin to live in my old memories of my old sins or the emotions of my old sins, Colossians talks about that he says the motions of sins. When I begin to do that, then I'm com- I'm committing some- I'm committing a sin because I'm remembering something that God has chosen to forget and so, we destroy arguments. Isn't that great? The best way to destroy an argument with the devil, the devil is, and this is how Jesus replies, I love this, as it is written. We don't have to come up with some, some kind of clever response to the devil or to people. We just never have to worry about that because it's already, it's already absolutely written who we are. I am a new creation in Christ. And all we have to do is just confess that. When we confess that, when you and I confess truth, then the devil has to flee. He may come at you a couple more times, but then it says, what does it say within, in Matthew chapter 4, that the devil leaves him, leaves him. And so this is really how we destroy arguments, arguments, and every lofty opinion. What is lofty opinion? Sometimes people point to that and they say, well, that's pride. You're being proud. You're being proud. No, what this is saying is any thought that that dares to stand up in objection to the present presence of God. That means that God is present in you and I as a new creation, and there's never a moment where God takes his eyes off of us. You know that? Because and, and in the book of James, is so beautiful, and it's such a book of grace if you read it the right way. When you look, when if God was to look away from us, then there would be a shadow on us, because from him is light, right? From him is um, like the the shining light David talks about the the, um, the brightness of your glory, and if God was to like glance away, you ever talk to somebody and they look, and then you're like, what? You know, I, <laughs> when I'm talking with people sometimes I'm looking at something over there, and they're like, what's going on over there? Mm-hmm. You know, God never does that. God never does that. I was in a having a lunch with a police officer um, last year. We're sitting in a Mexican restaurant, and. Uh, we're talking and every time the door opened in the restaurant, I'm looking, you know, I don't know why I'm looking. He's like, he goes, and like the third or fourth time I did, he goes, he goes, I'm sorry, dude. But like, I, I, you know, I'm very easily distracted. God never does that with you. And I, God does not have ADD. And when he looks at us, he is, he is gazed at he is his, his love and his eyes are fixed upon us and they never leave us. And that means that, isn't that beautiful that God is... There's not an ounce of insecurity in God. There's not an ounce of doubt. There's not an ounce of a second thought. God is, is, is gazing upon us with such love and such passion and such um, desire to any other thought that would be introduced into our minds that there is something that can separate us from the love of Christ is something that exalts itself against Up against the knowledge of God meaning not just information about God because information is not transformational knowledge of God here talks about a relationship communion with God it talks about knowing God in the moment being present in the moment I think I think one thing that we can do as Christians in this age of technology is really learn how to enjoy the moment with people because people are people's digital devices are becoming I just heard this recently a projection of what they are going to be meaning Mm -hmm. they look at a device they see how perfect and beautiful it is and they're thinking this is what I want to be like more organized or I want to be more beautiful or more intuitive and that is not the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ you know what that means that's a beautiful picture means that and that can't happen until these other things happen first Number one, that there's no argument with the with the enemy of our soul because God God has absolutely declared us who we are in Christ. Number two, anything that dares to exalt itself in the presence of Christ, in the presence of God that we are separated from Him in some way is is um, and it's not something that we have to cast down. It just can't exist in the presence of God. You ever tried to? And I did this when I was a new Christian is that when you have a bad thought, you're like, okay, I gotta cast that down, okay, cast it down. And as you cast it down, it's stuck to your hands, you know, and it just, you can't get rid of it because the flesh can't cast down the flesh, okay? And the flesh can do nothing. It's just that we need to be enraptured and occupied with nature and the faithfulness. When we, for example, practically, when we are tempted to, to to be doubtful of the faithfulness of God, just remember the faithfulness of God in your life. It may take a few days or a few hours, but just begin to remember Like it says in the book of Deuteronomy remember remember and there's a lot of talking about remember when the law was given a second time God was just saying I want you to remember my faithfulness take every thought captive to obey Christ And you know it doesn't say obey God although Christ is God it says obey Christ what does that mean what was Christ all about he was here to preach what I've come to take up a cross be crucified the sins of the whole world be buried, so that you can experience forgiveness and separation from your sin, and, res- and rise from the dead on the third day, and live in ever and live in ever intercession for you at a throne of grace that you can run to at a time of need. That is what Christ is all about, and that is the message. It's not, it's not this that we have to pattern our life after the way Jesus lived. That's impossible. <laughs> it's like. What would Jesus do? We know this. What would Jesus do? I don't know what he would do. Maybe I do know what he did, but I can't do that because Jesus already did that, and so it's completed in me, and I'm going to live in a completed state. Does that make sense? Yes. Warfare. So somebody might say, and "We did this before with the warfare series that we did before." Somebody that might say, "Well, you got to talk about the struggle. You got to talk about the warfare, the 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 sweat and the blood that you know. You got to really." Um, feel your battle as a Christian and and it can't be so easy no because that battle the warfare has been completed 2,000 years ago and so um, I just want to go over a couple words here before we finish and Paul here says um, Paul here says and I think I kind of hit all of this already the pulling down something that I didn't bring out is this is that who does the pulling down of strongholds yeah it's the it is God who is pulling down strongholds the imaginations which the King James uses it is just the imaginations that is the unreal it is the lie that that the flesh tries to propagate so in closing here I just want to say this that warfare When we've been summoned to warfare, and that's really the title of the first class, class, summoned to warfare, meaning, what are we summoned to do? Well, it says it right in the second book of the Bible, the book of Exodus, where it says in Exodus 14, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Uh, You know, I'm not saying that I am perfectly uh, arrived and ascended to this, to a sinless state uh, of this, but I am saying that, that when the pressure is on, um, the, fl- the flesh will, will, will try to revive. And this is what happens. The pressure comes and then it, the pressure comes. And, and, the, and the thought, the projection is this, is that you got to produce you, or you didn't produce or you, were, you didn't, uh, you, you messed up somewhere. And what is that? Whenever we are living under a form of accusation, what is present at that moment? Let me just say it this way: When, when we are living, when we sense that there are projections coming at us and accusations from people or from, from the atmosphere or from our own selves, you know, we're just accusing ourselves. What is present at that moment? Guilt. Guilt. But I guess, yeah, the law. The law is present. It is a form of the law that I'm not meeting up to. A social law, an economic law, a political law. A a religious law a ceremonial law a fashion law a what are the other some of the other laws that are out there um, the law of efficiency the law of culture the law of huh, law of the law of relationships I'm not uh, so there is a presence of a law or or like you know you get bad news from the doctor and you say okay um, I didn't take care of myself I, I'm, I'm living under a health law or whatever so so the pressures on The response is, okay, I did not, it's me, and somehow I did not measure up, or I can't measure up. I'm functioning under the law at that moment, and I'm not living in faith. And the response to that is, when the law is present, what happens? Well, Paul said this in Romans 7. When the law is present, then what happens? When a law for a Gentile is present, then what happens? Sin sin abounds. Sin abounds. The flesh just is resurrected. (laughs) It becomes a, it's like this dead body of thoughts and thinking just tries to pull itself together and and take over your life but at that moment and that's going to happen i mean first corinthians 15 says that first is the natural then is the spiritual it doesn't have to be that way but when that happens at that moment we can just practice the presence of god the presentness of god that jesus said um, john chapter 11 we've used this example a few times but Lazarus dies everybody's upset Jesus is getting judged by the law of his relationship if you had truly loved Lazarus you would have been here okay that's the presence of a social law a friendship law a relationship law you failed me and so Jesus could have been there but we read very clearly in in John 10 and 9 that he's kind of taking his time to get to Bethany and so Jesus is being judged (laughs) by his good friends and Jesus says don't you know that I am the resurrection and I am the life is not that great like we could say God you were late no no like the presence of God is timeless whether it's post-fact or pre-fact we can live in the presence of the answer saying that you know something hey Job says my family died Uh, this happened I have boils my wife hates me all of this stuff And uh, God where were you and then God speaks to him and then what's the end of the story that he he is given double what he had lost the point being is is that whatever we find ourselves in the craziness with children uh, work craziness um, I know in Ukraine there's this constant just this constant sense of I don't have enough I don't have what I need Uh, I know a lot of our pastors working without a paycheck uh, can get discouraging sometimes Um, wives can say to their husbands like you're in this ministry for so long and you know why why has God not why has God not provided and all this weird stuff can happen I just want to say that in the midst of of just desperate need in the midst of desperate situations just understand that that uh, Jesus is present and then Jesus has not only had victory over the flesh, over the devil, and over death. Uh, he, has, he has ultimate victory, and we are in that place of victory. So, so the answer to warfare, this first class I'm going to do in warfare, is just live in the presentness of God. And how do we do that? And this brings us back to our series, Draw Near the Body of Christ, right? Draw near to the body know draw near to the body of Christ and when we are in the body of Christ when we're in the midst of the body we are experiencing something that is intangible that is real and just that's a real blessing you know Um, numbers for me are not an issue but the more believers that are gathered together that are just exalting Jesus Christ I don't know there's something about the atmosphere isn't it and so that's why I enjoy Wednesday nights that's why Gather, enjoy gathering together. That's why the Valle's drive and Marcus drive so far to be here. And uh, Sarah came here all the way from Poland. Mm-hmm. Because of the body of Christ. And so when we're in the midst of the body, we are we are donned. We are we are clothed with the, with Ephesians chapter six. The helmet of salvation, the garment of the garment that's not a that's not part of the weapons but could be the garment of praise (laughs) the shield the breastplate of righteousness the sword of the spirit prayer all of these things our our feet shod with the gospel of Jesus Christ and so that's our first um, our first thought and we can just end the video now and we can just take some questions or any comments Um, anyone have any thoughts